102.7 ESPN Studios in Austin, Texas. This is the Jeff Ward Show. Hey, welcome to our little show. Here's the way it works. I riff on stuff and you respond. Pretty straightforward. The phone numbers, you'll need them. 512-834-1027. That's 512-834-1027. If you want to follow me on Twitter or X or whatever we're going to call it, uh, do so. It's at Jeff Ward Show. You want to post comments on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it. Please don't suck. Try to get straight to the point. Make the show better if you can. There's plenty of opportunities for you to do that. Make the show better. If you want to check out the podcast, the Jeff Ward Show podcast is available wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe to it. We drop it each afternoon. There's a YouTube channel as well. Even though I look like Shrek, sit in front of a weird wall. You can check out the YouTube videos each day. We post those every afternoon. All right, get ready for this one. I'm going to... It's icky. What a great way to start a show. Icky. Very intellectual word, Jeff. Way to go. It is icky. I'm going to try to argue. I'm going to try. I am. I don't care what you do. I'm going to try to make an argument here. But um, as a parent, this one's tough. It's a little tough to take. But here we go. If you think anybody remember candy cigarettes... Anybody remember that? If you think candy cigarettes should be outlawed, and I believe that they are, and they're outlawed because they are pretend smoking, and the idea is, by your political heroes who make laws, the idea is that, well, you know, we shouldn't, we shouldn't have pretend smoking. We shouldn't have any, anything that is related to smoking in any way that would encourage anyone to start at a young age. It's the concept behind outlawing Joe Camel. Okay. How do you feel about if there's you don't like and think it should be against the law to have pretend smoking, how do you feel about pretend betting? Yeah, I said it. I don't know any other way to spin this. I'm pretty sure that's a fair assessment. Now, the creators would argue, maybe even they legally would argue, well, that's we're not pretend betting, we're just playing games. Uh-huh. It's awfully close to the real thing. Pretend betting. And yes, it's a thing. And yes, it's in the news now because, for obvious reasons, this is the biggest week of sports betting in this country. It's reported that almost 66% of adults will make legal bets on the Super Bowl. That, that, that's just a number that's just unbelievable. So we're going to bet, and we're going to bet reportedly more than $23 billion on the Super Bowl. Sports betting is now legal in 38 states and the District of Columbia, certainly not in the state of Texas. But I think one day, one day it will be legal in the state of Texas. So it's a big week of betting. Our, our embracing get betting has changed. The NFL embracing betting has changed. It has become far less taboo. Except for the state of Texas, where it's sinful. But you get the idea. So, um, no matter where you stand on sports betting, um, there's a new question. What about fake sports betting? <laughs> Remember the outrage? I'm trying to, you know, every parent's had to deal with this. Remember those t- uh, time period when 
you could use like fake coins. Your kids could start racking up all kinds of bills on their iPhones to buy stuff. And then, you know, Apple got some heat. All the major platforms took some heat because it was too easy for our kids to get into our phones and then start charging stuff. And so, for good reason, we raised hell about it, etc. Um, I don't know what you want to do with this. You'll likely read in several different ways. You'll, you're, no, you're likely going to react several different ways to this. And I'm fine with any of them. I'll do my best to argue against you. And your reactions, I think, can cover any number of things because there are obvious questions. One, is it harmless? Is this just harmless fun? Is it just harmless fake betting? No different than harmless fake cigarettes. Is it harmless? Is it harmless fun? Is it a dangerous gateway to real betting? And I hate sounding like an 80-year-old grandma and saying things like a gateway, but a lot of people I think are going to say, are you kidding me? This is a gateway to the real thing. Is it legal? Should it be legal? Some people are going to say, what the hell, Jeff? Is this for real? Now, I can answer the last part because it is currently legal. And it is currently legal by a very important distinction. Now, having taught at the college level, this is actually something that's come up a few times, and that is betting is a game of chance. And so this has actually been litigated in the state of Texas and elsewhere when it comes to fantasy sports. And there was a movement, again, to show you how quickly the climate has changed. There was a movement to outlaw fantasy sports not that long ago because a lot of people, including the, uh, the knuckleheads here in the state of Texas, argued that that's just a gateway to betting. It is, sort of. So the distinction for this being legal is that it is, by description, a sweepstakes. The creators of the app claim it is a sweepstakes. In other words, it's not a game of chance that you do stuff like spin a wheel and you're actually doing something to give yourself a chance to win. When you hear it, you're going to say, are you kidding me, Ward? What a stretch. I know. Hey, look, I know. I get it. I think your immediate reaction is, no way, no how, this can't be cool. If you have kids, you're going to just freak out. Young men bet more than ever. The opportunities are there more than ever. Is it a problem? Yes. Is it a problem for older men? Yes. But there is no denying. And all you do is have to have a teenage son or daughter, probably, or college-age son, and you really start to see it and hear it. You know what they do? They are obsessed with fantasy, and they are obsessed with betting on games. Um, it's, just, it's a way of life. It is a way of watching games. It's a way of talking about games. It is it's just different. You're no longer fans. You're now fans of the numbers. And it's one of the reasons why the NFL is more popular than ever, to be honest with you. Now, you can ask yourself, are we handling this well? Are we being pretty responsible? And I think it's a legitimate question. And I think probably more responsible than many of us thought we would be, to be honest with you. But this game and this app is new territory. All right. Are you ready for it? Mom and Dad, Fliff. I probably wouldn't have done that name. I probably would not go with Fliff, but they went with Fliff. Not me, not my focus group, but Fliff. Fliff, 
F-L-I-F-F. And I'm going to be careful how many times I say it and the different ways that I do say it because I think that could end badly. Fliff operates a social and sweepstakes sports gaming platform. Fliff has a similar look and feel to regulated sports books available throughout much of the United States, but, but offers a free-to-play experience. You know where this is going, don't you? Um, this is the kitty version. You know what's happening right now. I don't mean to throw off my rant. Garrett has immediately gone to Fliff, I'm betting. Are you on Fliff? No. Oh. Nope. You sure? I'm pretty sure. Okay. Go to Fliff. While I'm talking, just go check it out. Spend all your money. I don't care. Um, all right. So it's a free pay, free to play experience. But, kids, you get Fliff coins. And Fliff coins are used to bet. You're betting. But you're not really betting. Is that okay? Fliff is a, quote, social sports book. New term. Never heard that one before until I read the Washington Post today. Fliff is a social sports book that is available to play in many states. Since it's not a real money sports book, Fliff is not regulated under the same set of laws as platforms like FanDuel, Caesars, or DraftKings. Those things are heavily regulated. You know, I've, I've argued with you many times. There is, the gambling sites are so above board, it's not even funny. I mean, it is in their best interest to keep it legal, to keep it above board. They don't want it to be sketchy. Fliff, on the other hand, is not regulated like they are. Because Fliff is saying, why would we be regulated? We're not using real money. I'm sorry your kids want to play, but it's not even real money, mom and dad, so lighten up. What's the problem here? All right. Like real money sports books, <laughs> Fliff, Fliff lets users make picks from the NFL, Major League Baseball, NHL, NBA, WNBA, college sports, UFC, boxing, tennis, golf, soccer, and esports. In other words, you can play every game you can think of. On top of that, with every pick you make at Fliff, you accrue XP, which helps you earn Fliff cash and can be converted into gift cards from Fliff partners like Airbnb, Chipotle, and Domino's. So, in other words, if you do better with your chips, kids, adults, you get some stuff. You win. But it's not real money. It just looks and sounds like real betting. What do you think? Harmless fun? Icky? What the heck? Might as well. That's progress. I, what, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? We've all, we've all had the fight with our kids about, you know, gaming. We've all had the fight with our kids about what are the games. I mean, I, you still could do this, but I remember a perfect example is, uh, was it Halo, where you could buy stuff? Like, you play the game, then you got to get some stuff to buy more things as part of the game. And a lot of people thought that it was, you know, it was, it was preying on young people. I don't, I don't know that that's completely fair, but you get where this is going. This looks like it's a sports betting app. Anyone can play, which you know that means. Your 12-year-old is back there trying to decide, you know, what to do with the over-under in this Super Bowl. And in return, 
They get to win some Chipotle stuff or something like that. I think a lot of people are going to react and say, this is a dangerous path. Now, I don't know how you ultimately regulate this, but I guess we could argue if you believe that pretend smoking, to my original point, pretend smoking is not okay and should be outlawed, then do you believe that pretend gambling should be outlawed? Okay, there. Now, let me try to make an argument. And I'm going to use the French and drinking. I'm not sure why this has just come to me, but here's, here's my attempt at an argument. See if you buy this. Because I, I do think we need to back off a little bit. And I say this as somebody who bets. Um, and it's largely stupid. But I'd also like to say I'm a person who bets that stays in their lane pretty well. I know a lot of people don't. But I'm not quite sure as more as gambling has become outside of the state of Texas, the nanny state of Texas, as gambling has become more accessible, completely accessible, I'm not sure we're abusing it as much as we thought we were. I'm not saying some people don't. I'm not going to minimize that because I think we all know people that become addicts and it's from hell. What I'm saying is, generally speaking, we have not seen the horrific effects of problem gambling. And again, I'm not minimizing. I'm just saying that a lot of people screamed, and I'm not sure I even completely disagreed. If you open up more betting, we're going to go down in flames. I'm not sure that's completely happened. We're not. The economy hasn't cratered. People haven't, most people haven't lost everything. Yes, we bet more, but I'm not sure we're doing it I'm I'm not sure we're abusing it to the level most of us had predicted. Agree or disagree with that. It's a generalization. I'm not saying that some people don't. But is there an argument to be made here? Here goes my attempt, and I'm going to tie in the French and drinking, or the Italians and drinking. Here goes. They know how to drink. They start at a much younger age drinking than we do. And you know what? Largely, again, generalizing, what largely what they don't do, they don't abuse it like we do. They don't. They know how to drink. They learn the taste. Americans learn to get hammered. Europeans learn to taste. Americans, we are predisposed, not predisposed genetically. Our laws and our draconian view of sin makes it so wrong, when we get a chance to do it, we abuse it. If you talk to, generalizing again, the French learn alcohol is not a taboo subject. They learn at a much younger age to savor. They learn at a much younger age to eat. They learn the same thing with food. Look what we do with food. We abuse food. Europeans don't abuse food. Where are we going with this, Jeff? I'm saying, is there an argument to be made? So what if we learn to gamble at 14? Maybe we won't abuse it. I mean, it is a way of life. Are, are you, I don't know where you're going to fall on this. I don't. I don't know where you're going to fall on Fliff. And, and I assume if Fliff does well, there's going to be Fliffs all over the place. You'll hear in the back of your car. Your kids aren't going to be talking about Candy Crush. They're going to be talking about whether or not they're going to cover the over-under for Fliff points. How comfortable are you going to how comfortable are you going to be when your 12-year-old is talking to their brother or sister about whether Travis Kelsey covers the 85 yards in the over? Is that terrible or you know just way of life? It's scary, I know, I get it. I'm I'm not, I'm not thrilled with it. My point is that if 
gambling now in Europe, gambling has been around forever. They've they've not viewed gambling the way we viewed gambling. They have not viewed alcohol the way we view alcohol. All that stuff. It's much more open, and they probably have far less abuse than we do. You give us Americans a chance to abuse it, and we're going to abuse it. But we really haven't with gambling. We haven't been as bad as we thought we would be. Is there an argument that says gambling is going to be there for our kids no matter what? They're going to have a chance at, at the right age to legally start betting. Is there an argument that says, you know, whether it's Fliff or whatever the, the copycat of Fliff is going to be, whatever. So what if they learn to bet? They'll learn to be responsible. They'll learn to do it. They, they won't abuse it. They'll be less apt to abuse it. That Ward guy's right. The French kids learn to drink. Why can't the American kids learn to bet? How's that? Helping? Hurting? Crazy? I think this is an interesting subject, and I think we probably should have seen this coming. We just didn't. But it's here. It's what's going to happen in the back of your minivan if it's not happening already. Dad's going to be in the front betting, for real. The kids are going to be in the back pretend betting. (laughs) That's the American way. And then dad at least can have conversations with the kids in the back. Hey, do you have what do you have in the ha- halftime in the over? Well, dad, I'm going to win some Chipotle points on flip. Dad says, I'm going to win 300 bucks or lose your Christmas gifts. You okay with us going here? If not, what do you want to do about it, taxpayers? Right? I mean, what do you want to do? You want that jackass Ken Paxson involved in this? All this is going to take, and it will happen. Somebody's going to say, yeah, my kid was in the minivan on Fliff. Next thing you know, there goes 300 bucks or whatever happens that can possibly go wrong. I don't know how it goes wrong, but I think it probably could go wrong. And then your political heroes are going to pounce on this in an instant. The fact that this is now a mainstream story the week of the Super Bowl is probably great for Fliff and terrible for Fliff at the same time. But I don't think this is going away. I don't think this is going to be the only one of these. Your kid's going to be exposed to fantasy sports anyway and putting some money into it. Your kid's going to be exposed to betting in some way, putting your money into it. So are you going to be shocked that here we are with Fliff? And that's the last time I'm... I I promised Garrett I wouldn't say Fliff again. 512-834-1027. Jeff Ward, weekdays on 102.7 ESPN. Hey, bro, listen to the Jeff Ward Show. You better like that, kid. You know, I've mentioned this before. Uh, if not, if you haven't heard this before, I will tell you again. I have, it's, it's not bragging. I'm not even sure it's a blessing. It's more of a curse that I have ridiculous knowledge of the Rocky movies. Just obscene amount of knowledge. As in recite almost every line from every film of Rocky. I do have to, there's a stop here of where I've just, I've had to quit. But of Rocky movies one through Four. Four would have been Ivan Drago. Why am I mentioning this right now? Because Carl Weathers died. That's Apollo Creed, for those that don't know. Apollo Creed in Rocky Four was killed by Ivan Drago with the line, 
from Ivan Drago's girlfriend or wife or whoever it was, actress by the name of Bridget Nielsen, says if he dies, he dies. That line. So Carl Weathers, who was played for the Raiders at one time in his career and was fantastic in the Rocky movies. I mean, he you can say what you want about Sylvester Stallone not looking like he could box at all because he couldn't. Um, there's no way you could get away fighting like he did, like Rocky did in all of those. Uh, except the time that Mickey had him switch from uh, left-handed to right-handed. That threw, that threw Apollo off. But he also did it with uh, Clubber Lang, too, in Rocky Three, when Clubber Lang was in the corner and, his, and his, uh, his corner says, has the switching thrown you off? And Mr. T, Clubber Lang, screamed back, nothing throws me off. I'm sorry. Carl Weathers died over the week, I think. And... In a weird twist, he was only 76. The guy looked great, too. He, he was set to be in a Super Bowl commercial for FanDuel. And it's a really good commercial. And, I, and so FanDuel today came out and said that they're going to adjust the ad altogether. Now, this is a pretty quick turnaround. Because it's a high production value. They're not, first of all, it's millions of dollars to get the airtime. That's not even counting the production value. And it's, it's Rob Gronkowski and it's Carl Weathers in the spot. And so FanDuel went public and reached out to Carl Weathers' family and said, we'll change this if you want us to. So that was a really cool move. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it's such a good ad. I don't know that... There's any disrespect by having him in the ad. So I believe this is playing off of fan, Rob Gronkowski is going to, or is he tried already to try the kick? Isn't he trying to field goal for a million dollars? He already did. I think in the ad, he already did. And okay. He, he's trying it again. Oh, he's trying to do it again. Yes. Okay. So he's coming back to Vegas and he's trekking across the desert. Here, I'm setting this up for you. And I don't know, we can, we can debate the ethics of running the ad with Carl Weathers or not running the ad with Carl Weathers. Do you think it's disrespectful to, to continue the ad? I don't, actually. But I do think the right thing to do is ask the family. I do. They've now said we're going to go back and change it, which is a lot, man. I mean, this is a good, this is a funny ad. All right, so Rob Gronkowski, did he really try the kick or is this made up? I'm... I'm I believe he tried it. I think he missed. Missed. So, I want to let all yeah. of you know that Rob Gronkowski missed. How far was the field goal? 30? 35? I don't know. Um, none of you would make it. Okay? I'm telling you right now. None of you will make it. None of you would make an extra point. Oh, Ward. Oh, yeah? I'll bet you don't. But I don't want to take that bet because I don't want you to get hurt on my watch and I don't want to, I don't want to have to get a lawyer. But... So the ad is FanDuel, supposed to air in the Super Bowl. It was already shot, already set up. They were ready to start promoting it. Here comes Rob Gronkowski walking through the desert. That's me, Gronk. Last Super Bowl, I missed the FanDuel kick of destiny. It's no good, he missed it. I don't kick, I catch. Because it wasn't enough for me to hold up a phone and say, now new customers bet $5 and get $150 in bonus bets. So I'm going to the land of second chances, Vegas. And this time you won't miss. Get in. Bet $5 and get $150 in bonus bets. FanDuel, kick of destiny 2, coming live Super Bowl Sunday. What do you think? 
I'd run the ad. Even with Carl Weathers having just died. I would. I, I, don't, I don't think it was that bad. I don't think it was disrespectful at all. It was fun. But I don't, I don't know if there's lawyers react. Is there any sort of... I should know this. Um, is there any sort of legal repercussion to that? I mean, assuming you've already paid him, you know, to, to, to go ahead and run it? I don't know. I hate, to, I hate that Apollo Creed is dead. I hate that, man. It really pisses me off. Rocky II was better than a lot of you give it credit for. I mean, I know it was slow. I know it was a little sappy. You know, Adrian, he lost all. Rocky lost all of his money in Rocky II. Um, he, had, he had gone to 15 rounds with Apollo in Rocky One, which, of course, won an Academy Award. It was a fantastic movie. Rocky II was slower. And then Adrian, you know, she, she ended up having the baby, but she was in a coma. Rocky didn't know if he wanted to fight. Sure enough. They end up fighting. He beats Apollo Creed in Rocky II. Not a bad film. Rocky III, I think, was better than a lot of people give him credit for, even though it was Survivor and Eye of the Tiger and all that stuff. Clubber Lang was Mr. T. He was really good in that. And I thought Carl Weathers was excellent that he trained Rocky. He goes, Rock, we've been living new. We're going to train old. And he takes him back to the old gym. So they've decided to shoot a new spot, I, I, I guess just without him, and then they're just going to go with that. So I don't know. That's, that's a lot, man. That is, that is not a cheap endeavor. It's, it's in three days. It's in three days, exactly. And he died Before. two yeah. days ago. Yeah. And they shot this in the desert. I mean, like you got to get the crew back and go... Either that or you AI. I mean, I don't know. Did you cut him out? That'd be weird. Because a motorcycle pulls up right. to give Rob Gronkowski a ride, which is really cute. What are you going to do? Like, have that? You can't, you can't cut that. Can you AI somebody else's face on there? Could you? Or would I, that be, I guess. Would that be disrespectful? Yeah. I think that would be disrespectful. You can't turn around and put... I'm not going to say OJ's face. You can't go and put... Uh, Mr. T's face on there. He was Clubber Lang. I mean, I don't know. That is an expensive afternoon FanDuel has ahead of him. Hey, Rob, got to come back. Got to come back to the desert. No, you don't get paid again. We got to shoot the whole thing over again. Wow. What other Rocky knowledge would you need? Anybody need from me right now? Anything you need? Any lines from the movie? Any bad lines from the movie? You can't win, Rock. Who said that? What about when Rocky II, when Mick comes over? No, Rock goes to Mickey's apartment. And he says, ah, he wants to fight again. You know what Mickey does? Slaps him upside the face and said, that's from an old pug like me. The champ would cave your face in. Let it go, Rock. Would you like me to do any more lines? Because I can do every single one of them. And I'm very proud of it, as you can tell. I'm going to add a name to the most pressure list for the Super Bowl. I said most pressure list. Think about this. It's a list of those most under pressure to deliver a win, or at least a really good performance. And I do think some stand out big time. One of them is not even in the game. I can tell you who I think is not on the list. I'll tell you who's not on the list of pressure. Andy Reid is not on the list of pressure. Andy Reid is playing with house money. 
Andy Reid's on his way to the Hall of Fame, and nobody thought they would be here. They're the underdog again. <laughs> um, Andy Reid is not on the list for most pressure. Patrick Mahomes is not on the list for most pressure. Travis Kelsey, feel free to disagree with me all you want. Travis Kelsey, I don't think, is on a list for most pressure. I don't think tra- Travis Kelsey's proven his point. He really has. He could he could flame out in the Super Bowl, and that game, in my opinion, that game he had against the Baltimore Ravens, the best defense in the NFL, with the best safety in pro football covering him, proved the point. You dude, you might just be the best to play the position. I don't think Travis Kelsey's under pressure. In other words, I don't think anybody. Anybody outside of, and I think this is a stretch, Chris Jones of the Chiefs, who's a defensive lineman, the best, arguably the best player in the game. I don't think anybody is under pressure on the Kansas City side. I really don't. Look, Brady lost. What did Brady lose? Three Super Bowls? It's not, it's not ideal, but I don't think any part of the Chiefs face the kind of pressure the 49ers have and someone who's not even in the game. Okay, Chris Jones has to play well for them to win. But even if he doesn't, I don't think people are going to come away saying, what a disaster you were. Kansas City, on the other hand, I think faces all that. I mean, San Francisco faces all that. I think the 49ers feel it all. And first up is Kyle Shanahan. That guy's got to shake this. Remember, Kyle Shanahan, the genius. You know, sooner or later when you're a genius, you got to win. You're going to have to win. Or we're going to lose that label. He's the guy, the play caller, who has the Patriots down 28-3 to as the play caller for the Falcons. The rest is history. And the rest of it is stuck to him in a, in a big way. He also was coaching the 49ers that lost to the Chiefs when they had a 10-point lead. I believe his record is 1-30 or 1-31 when his team is trailing at the half. He's got to win. The pressure is on him to win. They're favored again. He has the most talented team in the NFL. Another loss, and he gets labeled. Brock Purdy is number two. Probably unfairly number two. But is he playing for his future? At the very least, he's playing for a contract. Could be a big contract, could be a small contract. Will he be the if 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 the Chiefs beat the 49ers in the Super Bowl? Let's say Brock Purdy has a good game, not great game, but they lose. They just lose. Here's a guy waiting on a contract. He's going to be a guy waiting on a contract after Dak Prescott gets a contract. So it's entirely possible Dak Prescott becomes one of the three highest paid players in football. It's possible. Brock Purdy's up after that. Brock Purdy with a Super Bowl win, I think, gets paid. I think it's paid. I think you have to. Brock Purdy with a Super Bowl loss, does he get paid? They don't want to lose him, don't get me wrong. I just don't know if they throw all that kind of money at him to keep him. Nick Bosa, defensive end, he's the highest paid defensive player ever. Ever. He has to get to Patrick Mahomes, hassle, pa- ha- hassle Patrick Mahomes, and it'll be worth it. Don't get to him, and you lose the game. Don't hassle him, and you're going to lose. 
And part of that's going to stick to Nick Bosa and the 49ers operation because you made him the highest paid defensive player of all time and what do you have to show for it? You can't even close the deal in the Super Bowl. Those are the players and coaches I think face the most pressure all on the San Francisco side. Here's one you probably haven't thought about. You ready? CBS has the game. I called him at one time the John Madden of his generation, and I think he was. Or is. Or, yeah, I think. But all of a sudden, the act is wearing thin. He's starting to get hammered. He's starting to get trashed. Tony Romo, Jim Nance, will call the game. I think Tony Romo, who became a rock star, and I like what he brings, but even I'll admit it's getting slightly irritating. It's too hyper again. He talks too much. He talks over plays. It's almost a little too quirky, and his humor's not working. And he did a story today in an interview, because I think this guy faces a ton of pressure. Reportedly, CBS had to have an intervention with him to give him more details. Now, I don't know how much of that is true, but either way, it's bad publicity. And people now have started picking away at him. And I think we'll pick away at him even more. Well, Jeff, what's a good game for him? I don't know. You'll know when you see it. He'll do that thing that two, three years ago, we came away saying, well, that was brilliant. That was funny. That was a good line. If we find ourselves going, what was that about? Because you find yourself with Tony Romo increasingly, and I will admit this, what is he talking about? (laughs) He said today he's trying to be more humorous. And I don't think that's working. I think therein lies the problem. His quirkiness is what made him entertaining. Him trying to be funny, I'm afraid, has the opposite effect. You know? Is that a fair assessment? I think he faces a ton of pressure. I think CBS faces a ton of pressure. And I'll tell you why CBS faces a ton of pressure, because Greg Olson's going to be a free agent. That's why. Who I think is the best there is now. Now, they're on the hook for Tony Romo, what, $17 million a year, some kind of crazy number. But that doesn't mean they can't say, Tony, for whatever reason, man, your act is wearing thin, that... That Notre Dame thing you used to do, it's not working out, bud. It's actually kind of irritating. You're going to the next game. You're going to do the Texans games. Greg Olson is out at Fox because of Tom Brady next year. He's the best there is right now. That's why I think there's more pressure on Tony Romo. I mean, not to mention there's going to be 110 million people watching, but it's his, I think it is his chance to... You know, I don't know how to describe it. Um, Again, I was, I'm a big, I mean it when I say he was the John Madden of his time. And that is, when I say that, you don't have to love everything, but you have to want to listen. Madden was must-see. Madden was, this is what what talk show hosts do. Do people want to hear you or not? Madden was must-see. It was different. You laughed. You screamed at him, whatever, you had to watch. Romo comes along with that quirky, hyper, ADHD thing he had going on, and it was kind of must-watch. And then recently, it's just become, I don't even know what he's talking about. Like, what game is he watching? You know what? He tries to crack some jokes that none of us even get. And even he said today, I'm trying to be funny, and I'm afraid people don't get it. Well, yeah, 
Yes, that is correct. That's not your job. I know. At all. Well, it's the first time I've heard him try to kind of like spin his way out of this, whatever's going on, whatever criticism he's starting to feel. In the, in the interview he did today, I could, I could sense, uh-oh, it's getting to you. Because, look, when you host a talk show, you put your game out there, and they're going to like it or not. And then your attitude really is, blank you, that's my stuff. He didn't do blank you, that's my stuff. He did just the opposite and said, well, I'm trying to be funny, and people aren't getting my humor. It's our fault? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. How about not trying that? So, I don't know. I feel like the guy is feeling it. I feel like the guy is scrambling a little bit. I feel like the guy kind of gets that, huh, maybe maybe this isn't quite working like it did. And I don't think it is. I don't. And you never want to reinvent yourself, okay? You can't. You can't. It sounds as if... He's trying to reinvent himself. And in front of 110 million people may not be the best time to do it. I think he and CBS face a ton of pressure. I think he is going to be picked apart, maybe now because of that interview, I think he's going to be picked apart more than ever before. And if it doesn't work for him, there's a guy waiting to come in. There really is. And he's good. And he's funny. He's got bad clothes and funny hair, which makes it better. Tony Romo's just got a funny smile and a weird, irritating ADHD speed to him. So I actually add him to the list with all the 49ers as facing the most pressure. Jeff Ward, weekdays on 102.7 ESPN. Shut up, Smoker Voice. Let that kid talk. You know what's a bad day? I'll tell you what's a bad day. Bad days being compared in every single, almost every single way, certainly in facial structure, to uh, one of the most infamous people the world has ever known. It's a really bad day when you're just sitting there minding your own business at the Super Bowl, just killing time on your phone, and a reporter says, you know, you do look a lot like Lee Harvey Oswald. That's a bad day. That's uncool, actually. But you know what? He kind of looks like Lee Harvey Oswald. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Brock Purdy. But do you think he knows who Lee Harvey Oswald is? Uh, he's got to, right? Well, you know, there's a lot of boredom at the Super Bowl. A lot of reporters have no clue what to ask or what to say. Uh, I guess you run out of material. And when you run out of material, where else should you go? You go presidential assassin on him. I side pictures of you and, and uh, Lee Harvey Oswald circling around the internet right now. People think you two look alike. Did you ever hear that before? I haven't. That's my first time hearing it. Yeah. What do you think about that comparison? Uh, physical I love I love the follow-up did you hear all that the reporter says it's going around on the internet right now that you look a lot like Lee Harvey Oswald and then my, my favorite part is he did has to qualify it well f- facial comparison alone as if that needed to be said that I don't know maybe Brock Purdy killed some people uh, do we know 
Uh, wow. I got to give the guy props. What do you say back? Hey, jackass. What are you doing? Why would you say that to me? You know who you look like? You look like Osama bin Laden. Take that. Oh, yeah, you over there, Jack the Ripper. Yeah, you know what? You asked me another question, Charles Manson. What's he supposed to say? <laughs> what do yeah, you say? Yeah, I actually do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? That's a good point. <laughs> My parents have thought said that from the very beginning. <laughs> You're onto something, man. It's funny you said that. You want to talk to you about the grassy knoll? Wow. Listen to this again. You can barely hear it because, you know, chatter, 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 chatter. Here comes a reporter with a Lee Harvey Oswald take. Five pictures of you and, and uh, Lee Harvey Oswald circling around the internet right now. People think you two look alike. Did you ever hear that before? I haven't. That's my first time hearing it. Yeah. What do you think about that comparison? Uh, Physical comparison, obviously. Uh, yeah. You don't see it. Uh, yeah, I don't, uh, yeah, I don't know. No. Props to Brock Purdy for being so polite. Man, that is... Wow. He does, though. Let's, let's just say it right now. Let's just say it. There's no getting around it. He has that exact same facial structure. He does. Remember that thing everyone used to do, separated at birth or whatever? I mean, this poor guy, you know what's, what sucks leading up to the Super Bowl? Is the memes are not going to be about you throwing touchdown passes. The memes are not going to be about you, you know, dunking on uh, Andy Reid or something. The memes are going to be you and the Harvey Oswald. That's what they're going to be. It's now out there. And the guy did nothing to deserve it. What a day. I'd never heard that before. I've never seen that before. I'm embarrassed for the reporter to even say that. You know, your, your, your boss, your editor ought to call you up and say, what, was that you? I want to know the truth. Bob, was that you today? That's your one and only question at the Super Bowl. You asked the starting quarterback, who was the seventh round draft pick. You asked him... If he knew that he looked like Lee Harvey Oswald. Bob, is that a yes or no? He probably had seven other questions, and then he asked that one. Is that, is that number seven or number one in the list? I don't know. I don't care. You can't say that. Come on. I, 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 don't say that. Don't. Or, or is it mixed in at number four? Like, what? Well, it's impossible. Don't say that. I mean, I, I, I hate to rip on reporters, but don't, don't say that. Don't go there. It has nothing to do with anything. If it, even if it is a thing out there, and I until now, I don't know, and I guess we're all going to have to go online now to start looking because it's going to happen now. Oh, I'm sure Twitter's blowing up people telling me, as usual, Ward, you don't get it, you don't get it, take a look at this. And I'm sure many of you with a lot of idle time on your hands are going to do some incredible memes, and they're going to be, <laughs> it's going to be terrible. It is going to be so irresponsible. We're going to love it. How do you respond to, or what, play it again, what is the, it's not even a question, it's just a statement. Five pictures of you and, and uh, Lee Harvey Oswald circling around the internet right now, people think you two look alike. Did you ever hear that before? I haven't, that's my first time hearing it, yeah. What do you think about that comparison? Uh, Physical comparison, obviously. Uh, yeah. You don't see it. Uh, yeah, I don't, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> 
I, you know what I wish you would have said? There's no way this guy could be prepared for it. And this, this would be uncool. This would come to someone like me. You know, I know. You, you think I look like Lee Harvey Oswald? You know what my parents have said from the time I was small is that I look just like Charles Manson. You know that? You see that one too? All well, of you want to look at me? Any of you others got anybody else out there got some other um, murderers that you'd like to compare me to today? I'd like to. Let's just do that. Let's have a little game going around here. How many How many people think that babyface Brock Purdy looks like a serial killer? You in the back, Osama bin Laden, what's your question? Poor guy. Poor guy. You know what's going to happen, bud? And he has to know it by now. He has to know it. His phone is blowing up. This is now going to follow him. Make sure you check out the Jeff Ward Show podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.